Welcome to the Book Nook Podcast, where we discuss all things Christian fiction, as well as get some amazing tips from award-winning authors for aspiring writers. Talking to Liz Johnson, uh, we had her in the book nook at the end of last year for The Last Way Home. It was the second in her Prince Edward Island Shores series. And Liz, just so appreciative of your time today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I am very excited to talk to you. Would love to know you have a pretty interesting story, I think, about how you got your start in writing. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, you know, I've, uh, one of those people who've just been writing my whole life, I wrote my first short story at seven years old. And then I uh, signed my first book contract at 27. And so for 20 years, I was writing really terrible things, um, <laughs> like not good, things that are in drawers that will never be seen again. And then uh, you know, by the time I, um, I hit 27, I had had so much practice and um, so much uh, learning and growing as a writer. And, um, and so I, I was, uh, received a contract on my first book, and, and that was, you know, in 2009. And so I've been uh, writing consistently ever since then, too. But it's just one of those things where it's like, um, you know, practice doesn't make perfect, but it does make better. And so I definitely <laughs> I love have improved over the years, and I'm so grateful for that. You now, you said um, that your friend keeping you accountable in writing when you were getting through that first book was such a huge help. You had a friend kind of being your accountability partner so you get the work done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I had this story idea for my first book, and I... Um, I told a coworker about it one day. We were um, mailing a bunch of things out. Um, so we're in the mailroom at work just chatting. And, um, and I tell her about this story, and she's like, you have to write that. And I was like, oh, well, I think it's a fun idea, but I'll probably never finish it. And she's like, yes, you will. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, there is, um, you know, there's something about having a friend who like who sees the best potential in you and then encourages you to get there. And so every day she would ask, did you write last night? And I got tired of saying no. <laughs> and so I set a schedule for myself and I, you know, I was working full time, but I would write three nights a week. And I think that's one of those things that like, if you have a dream, you figure out how to, how to, fit it into your schedule. Like what is important to you? And we make time for the things that are important to us. Mm. And so, um, so just having Kelly be such an encouragement to me was, um, was amazing. And, and she just really cheered me on for that whole first book. And it took me about three months to write the book. And then, you know, probably another year and a half before it was um, finally offered a contract on it. And so, you know, and lots of changes, lots of work in that time, but she was my biggest cheerleader. And I just, like, I'm so appreciative of those friendships where, you know, where they don't give up on you, even maybe when you want to give up on yourself or say, oh, this dream is too hard. She just really encouraged me and kept me going. And, um, and she had a little dog named Henry, and Henry actually makes an appearance in my book. Oh, that's adorable. book. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I love that. Now, this far along in your writing career, do you still do that? Do you still have accountability partners when you're trying to get something finished? Yeah. You know, I do. Um, I actually meet with a local writers group um, in the Phoenix area, and there's, there's like eight to ten of us, depending on the week. And uh, we meet twice a month. 
and we meet at Panera, and we have dinner together, and then supposedly we write for an hour. <laughs> I love that. And sometimes we do more t- chatting than writing, but a lot of times it's, you know, we're talking about our stories. We're brainstorming. We're encouraging each other to keep going. And it's been really fun because there's kind of a, um, you know, a spectrum of, of where everybody's at in their writing journey. Uh, we have some folks who are multi-published authors and have been in the business for a long time. We have others who haven't even finished their first novel yet. And so we just get to encourage each other and cheer each other on and say, yes, you'll get through this. Like this may be a challenging time right now, but um, once you finish your book, you're going to be so pleased with it. Um, and, and you can fix it when it's, you know, fix the broken parts. You just have to get it written. And so that's been just, you know, a really fun experience. And, you know, these women are some of my best friends. And so oh, I'm so grateful for them. I love that. That's awesome. Now, so speaking of like getting it done and making yeah. it a priority, you have a job, like a, a, re- yeah. a regular job. And then you also like crank out these books. How on earth do you juggle both? <laughs> yeah, it's um, sometimes it's a lot. And um, I have definitely um, pulled back. There was a season where I was writing, um, I think I wrote seven books in two years. And I said, no, I can't do that again. That was too much. Um, and so I've just sort of like, uh, me and God have had a lot of discussions <laughs> about, you know, what, um, what, can I, what can I take on and still maintain my sanity and maintain, you know, my family relationships and my friendships and, um, and my relationship with God too. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to avoid that. I don't want to, you know, hinder that for the sake of, of pursuing, you mm-hmm. know, this, this opportunity that God's given me. And so, uh, I, I really, I work really hard to, to balance, to say, okay, my work day is my work day. And that's, you know, from a set amount of hours, and that's Monday through Friday. And so when do I have writing time? When can I find time to write? And sometimes it's as simple as saying, okay, I'm going to take a 60-minute lunch, and during that 60 minutes, I'm going to pull out my personal laptop, and I'm going to write for 60 minutes. And, and I've done that for years. It's said, okay, my lunchtime is my writing time. And I've got my sandwich, and I've got my, you know, my Diet Dr. Pepper, and I'm writing. Um, <laughs> and sometimes it's saying, like, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to take a couple vacation days and um, put those towards writing. And so sometimes, like, uh, the 4th of July weekend, I usually end up taking a couple extra days off around that. And I will do like a five-day writing retreat where it's just me and my laptop and nothing else to, um, you know, to focus on. And I get a lot of work done then. So it's sort of just about like finding these little, like, you know, I have friends who write when they're waiting like in the, in the school pickup line. And, you know, so it's sort of like, okay, I just need to find just a little time. And do I wish that I had like two or three hours blocks every time? Yes. That would be great, but I don't. And so I have to be a little bit flexible about what my writing time actually looks like. Mm, I love that. There's a lot of discipline involved too, because I enjoy writing and I feel like one of my biggest obstacles is a lack of discipline and I don't always prioritize it. And I sit down and I start the Netflix series (laughs) instead and then I get nothing done. (laughs) Yes, no, 100%. Um, I always say that the hardest part about writing is actually writing. Mm-hmm. It's like actually just sitting down, just you and your laptop, not letting Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or anything else distract you. Or like, like I end up down 
research rabbit holes, like, oh, I just need to look up this thing over here. And then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, two hours into YouTube videos. And I'm like, oh, man, like, what was I doing? I lost <laughs> all that time. And so it's definitely a challenge. You're right. It does take some discipline. Um, and there's lots of really great tools out there for that. Like, um, you know, some people will set a clock timer and say, okay, for the next 30 minutes, I have to focus nothing but writing. And, and that, you know, that can be really helpful. So sometimes you're writing along and all of a sudden it's, oh, no, I, I need to research this. I don't know the answer to this, but I, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm just going to leave like a, a note in my uh, work in progress to myself that says, come back and figure this out later, and then just keep the story moving forward. There you go. Excellent advice. As I mentioned, uh, you know, you joined us at the end of last year with your yeah. book, The Last Way Home. That is the second mm-hmm. in your Prince Edward Island Shores series. Tell us a little bit about that book. Yeah, The Last Way Home is really a prodigal son story, and I um, I love the prodigal son uh, parable. It's just one of my all-time favorites, and so I was so excited to kind of explore it and to sort of have characters that represent each person in that parable. And so we've got um, Eli, who is a disgraced NHL hockey player who is having to return to Prince Edward Island after 10 years of silence. He hasn't talked to his family in years and um, he left them to pursue his goal and fame and fortune. And he did, but now he's disgraced and has to come home um, and he's homeless and penniless and has nothing. Uh, And then we've got kind of like the older brother character who is actually um, uh, played by Violet in, in this story. And Violet is a, um, she creates pottery and she works with Eli's mom. And so um, she sort of hates that Eli broke his mom's heart because she loves his mom so much. And so she's not quick to forgive. She's really holding on to a grudge. And then, of course, Eli's mom gets to play kind of the father figure in the story to say, you know, like, I'm so happy you're home. This was a hard 10 years, but you're home now and I'm going to, you know, just wrap my cloak around you and give you my ring because I'm so happy that you're home. And so it just was really fun to sort of unpack these different characters in a modern day setting uh, and then, you know, watch a little bit of romance play out too. I love that. It always fascinates me the unique ways with Christian fiction that uh, authors like you can can take a biblical story, a b- biblical parable and and make something entirely new out of it with the, you, yeah like the because i don't think people always see the parallels and so i i think that's fascinating and it's what my um co-host kinkle fritz calls sneaky evangelism <laughs> 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 where you're like yes. pouring biblical principles into people which i love and they're just reading a story they enjoy and so what right. a ministry you've been blessed with and what a gift to be able to do that Yeah, I'm so thankful for it. And, you know, I would say that, like, most of the books I've written don't have such a direct parallel to a parable or a Bible story. Um, Always I try and weave in sort of like my central theme is that God is with you, Mm -hmm. and He he loves you, and He is for you. And so I try to weave that into, you know, every story that I write. But this particular story, The Last Way Home, was just really, like, I've always loved the the parable, but more recently I've, I've thought more, like I always think of myself as being, you know, the prodigal son. 
and I need to come back. And that is true a lot of the time. But I started looking at myself sometimes in the mirror and seeing the older brother, the one who wasn't eager to forgive, the one who wasn't, um, you know, was was holding a grudge. And I just thought, I don't want to be that person. Mm. Like, that's not who I want to be. And I don't think that's who God is calling me to be. Um, that, that That's not right. That's not biblical. And so, uh, so the more that I worked on practicing forgiveness, the more that I worked on uh, letting go of hurts, I saw in myself then, you know, saw myself becoming more and more like the father. And I thought, that is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, we're called to be, you know, to become more like Christ every day. And I thought, oh, the more I practice forgiveness, the more I am being like Christ. And so I just wanted to tell a story that really, like, sort of showcased that, both the the idea of forgiving others as well as, you know, sometimes the need to forgive ourselves for the boneheaded mistakes we've made and just saying, okay, I've been forgiven. I need to forgive and and to move on from there. You are talking to somebody who has a huge problem with unforgiveness. And so there's my daily dose of conviction. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I appreciate it. I, I need that kick in the pants sometimes. Oh, now, me too. So this is your second book in the Prince Edward Island series that you're doing. What is it that got you so interested in Prince Edward Island to make that a setting oh. for some stories? Yeah, I mean, oh man, that's um, <laughs> like like what isn't that? What don't you love about PEI? It's amazing. Um, of course, I uh, had watched the Anne of Green Gables. Series <gasps> I was hoping you were going to say kid. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think like for a whole generation, include like my whole generation, we were introduced to Prince Edward Island with um, Anne of Green Gables mm-hmm. on whether we watched it on PBS or Disney or wherever we watched it, um, and and so that is still like I, you know for me that's still like the epitome of Anne of Green Gablesness. Uh, but when I was 19, I started reading the books and I fell in love even more. Like I didn't know that was possible. And so I read the whole series um, when I was in college and uh, just loved the books. And so uh, I told my mom after I started, uh, started writing, I said, okay, when I sell my first book, I am going to take you to Prince Edward Island to celebrate. And my mom cool. sort of laughed at me and she's like, I don't think you're really going to do that. And I was like, no, I really am. I promise. And so uh, I sold my first book and I didn't make hardly any money on it. And I was like, mom, can we make it the next book? <laughs> I was like, otherwise we'll have a very short trip. Um, and so anyway, so um, for my second book, uh, when, when I uh, signed the contract on that, I told my mom, I called her, I said, um, okay, get your passport. We're going to Canada. And she's like, really? And I said, yes. And so we went in 2010 uh, for the first time and just absolutely fell in love with it. We thought it's a tiny island. We'll only need a few days. We went for five days and we hardly got to see anything. Like, I mean, we saw tons of stuff, but we could have seen so much more. And so um, we went back the next summer and we took my sister with us. And then we went back a couple years later. I mean, and so we've been four times now and taken one of my nieces and we're going back this summer too and taking another one of my nieces. And um, That's it's so cool. Is, just a really, it's a really lovely place. There's so much beauty and nature. What God has created there is really unique and special. And at the same time, it's just a really quiet, gentle island. Mm. Um, There's just time to sort of sit and be still. And sometimes I feel like in our current 
um, you know, in our current culture, in our current world, there's not a lot of stillness. There's not a lot of opportunity just to be quiet with God. And so, um, so when I go to PEI, that is just like, that's my time to just sit and be still with him. And even though I'm, you know, exploring and hiking and, and walking through just amazing uh, creation, uh, there's still just lots of moments just to sort of stop and be still. And, and I just love that for, you know, that part of the island. And so my first time there, I just thought, this is a place where people could find healing. Like people who are hurt can find healing. And so I just keep writing about it because I just keep, you know, I have characters who, um, who are broken and need to find healing. And, you know, the good news is that we don't have to go to Prince Edward Island for that, that God will meet us wherever we are. But if you happen to get to Prince Edward <laughs> Island, it's pretty great. <laughs> I love that. And also, if anybody who has anything to do with those original movies or the distribution of that, make them easier to access. You cannot find those things anywhere. I know. With Megan Follows, what on earth? I know. I have them on DVD, which I'm very thankful I for. I wish I grabbed them when I could have. Now they're like, people yeah. are selling them for hundreds of dollars. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. I don't I'm, I don't know oh. if they're like out of print, but I've, ne- I've never been able to find them at like a reasonable price. I'll have to just keep an eye on it because those are the best. I know they that they've are. tried to do a couple of other series and it just, it, it doesn't hit the same. <laughs> nope. Nope. At the all. original is definitely the gold standard it is she's what i think of when i think of Anne. so can we get any sort of preview on the third book in the series and do you know when that's going to be out yeah so the third book in the series comes out in august it's called summer in the spotlight and um it is about the youngest of the three ross brothers so the first book in the series beyond the tides is about the middle brother um and then the last way home is eli and he's the oldest brother and then the youngest brother is Levi, and he um, is featured in uh, Summer in the Spotlight, which is actually about a hurricane that uh, comes through and um, destroys a local community theater mm. in this small town on uh, the southern shore of Prince Edward Island. And um, one of the young ladies who grew up uh, performing on that stage, and um, her grandmother was a, you know, was a an actress there in the community theater as well. She just sets out to save the theater. And so, um, (laughs) yeah. And, and she partners up with, um, with Levi and, um, they have some, some grand fun and also, um, have to come to terms with some, um, yeah, with some, some things about, you know, life. And also, um, like one of the key themes about in that book is just about, uh, the words that we say really matter. Mm. And um, just the importance of speaking life over people rather than speaking death. Amen. Love that. Yeah. So I always ask our wonderful authors if you could have, uh, usually I I say one tip for aspiring writers, which I think you've already talked about and just, you know, making time to do it and prioritizing it. So what if somebody, we'll take it in a slightly different direction. Somebody has a story, it's completed, they're ready to go. What Mm -hmm. is one tip for taking that next step toward becoming published? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's such a good question. I would say for me personally, one of the biggest steps I took was attending writers conferences. And there are just dozens of them available, even like local ones. A lot of times they will invite um, uh, agents and editors to come. And then you have an opportunity to connect with those people one on one, maybe have dinner with them 
or, you know, um, get an appointment with them and talk with them. Uh, but also you get opportunity to connect with hundreds of other writers who are either maybe in the same, kind of at the same place as you or maybe a couple of steps ahead of you. And then they can help you sort of figure out what your next steps are. And so I think that just connecting within the writing community is super important. That was a huge uh, part for me to be able to um, you know, along my writing journey and to kick off my writing journey. Love that. And I do really love the support that I've seen, especially with um, Christian fiction writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been kind of on, on in both different groups, uh, uh, secular and Christian, and I will say mm-hmm. there's a lot more support. <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of competition right. on the other side of things. And so it's right. it was so nice to get into the Christian writing side of things and the authors, you know, like you just so amazing about reaching out and really mentoring and offering feedback and offering advice. And so um, I think you're going to really find it to be a very welcoming world. Yes. No, I totally agree with you. It's, it's such a blessing and just such an encouragement. And it's funny because authors that I have never met in person, I feel like we are really good friends just because of the online community, because of, you know, friends of friends, uh, because we're all sort of working towards the same thing, which is, you know, glorifying God through our writing. And so when we all have that same goal, then there's, there's, plenty of space for all of us to, to part, you know, to participate in this, uh, in this industry. So yeah, Amen. great. Love that. Well, Liz, thank you so much for your time. Uh, third book coming in August. Would love to have you back in the book nook for that. If you're a you, and then, um, yeah. if you need to catch up the, the last book in this series is called the last way home. It's a second book and it came out last year and it's fantastic. So I um, would encourage you to read it and also, when you read these books, if you enjoy them, please give the authors a review that is uh, that is so helpful to their careers. Yes. So, yes. Liz, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And so looking forward to having you back in the Book Nook. Oh, thank you so much. It's always a treat. Thanks for listening to the Book Nook podcast. If you'd like to join the book club, it's totally free. And each month, you get the unique opportunity to interact with the authors who wrote the book that's being featured. There are also tons of book giveaways each month to help you stock those bookshelves. You'll find the group on Facebook by searching Misty's Book Nook. And Misty is spelled M-Y-S-T-I. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find more more exclusive content at myflr.org.